Securities and advisory services offered through National Planning Corporation member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rick Saylor Financial and MPC are separate and unrelated companies. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that have been deemed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. Neither MPC nor Rick Saylor Financial accept any liability for the use of the information discussed. Consult with a qualified financial, legal, or tax professional prior to taking any action. Certain statements contained within are forward-looking statements, including, but not limited to, statements that are predictions of or indicate future events, trends, plans, or objectives. Undue reliance should not be placed on such statements because, by their nature, they are subject to known and unknown risks and uncertainties. I'm Rick. And I'm Eric. We are your Transparent Wealth Management hosts. Welcome to our show. Well, Eric, another Froggy Friday and a happy Froggy Friday to you. It is. Happy Froggy Friday. We love Fridays and we love it when the weather cooperates. So It's summer. If you're not out and about, you know, you should be. That's right. I know we've been enjoying summer and, uh, you know, soon here the kids are going back to school. It won't be long. And I know all the all the parents and grandparents, or well, the grandparents, not so much. I we had my granddaughter up at the lake house, you know, last week, mm-hmm. and had her for an entire week, and absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's what, what do you always say? Um, if you knew grandkids were that good, you'd you'd skip. just kept the kids. <laughs> <laughs> and we just had another. We are now Two. grandparents Kim and I for the third time. That's right. So we have Joshua Rett, who was born, and uh, now he's about a month old, a little over a month. So I saw a picture of Brooke. Uh, I guess Brooke was, I think, feeding him, holding a bottle Hold him, or something. Just, just holding him. Yeah. yeah, she got the biggest smile. She's a big sister. <laughs> She's loving it. So uh, you know what we've been on this theme with a financial plan as a summer project, and we're, we're coming to a close here. We are. Our final show, not to say that we might not do an add-on, uh, is regarding estate planning. Now, a lot of people mistakenly think estate planning doesn't come into play doesn't impact me i don't have to worry about that because it won't be here mm-hmm. there is a lot more to it than that yes and this can wreck it can wreck all the other well-laid plans yeah it can complete, if you don't get this right it can wipe out a vast majority of somebody's wealth or somebody's assets if you do not properly do the estate planning before you pass away and while you're healthy and coherent yes or or move you from the success category into the failure category which is what we're trying to avoid correct so one of the things we should jump in here and say is that of course the program today as always is educational in nature it's not to be construed as advice uh you certainly should consult with qualified financial legal tax or real estate professionals prior to taking any action the opinions we express today are ours they're not uh, our broker-dealer, NPC, National Planning Corporation, and we are separate and unrelated companies. So um, some of the items that we, some of the things we may talk about may be forward-looking in nature. Nobody has a crystal ball, because if we did, we wouldn't be talking about it. Yep. Some of the partners we, we deal with, they're separate and unrelated as well with the CPAs and the insurance partners and the, the tax planning and the attorneys, which, you know, our show today is about estate planning. We work with um, estate planning attorneys that are separate and unrelated as well. Yes, and um, I should also throw in there elder law. That's different than estate planning. It's a special kind of Medicare, Medicaid kind of planning, and, you know, that's that's a different animal altogether. It's about preservation of the estate and, and keeping those things intact and not getting, you know, blasted by Medicare yep. or Medicaid expenses, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, because Medicare does not provide long-term care costs. So, uh, again, there's a lot of things we've covered up until now. We talked about... You know, the overall financial, what a financial plan is. And people can go back and listen, just pick up these segments on the Voice America website. Or I believe they're even posted with videos on our on our website, straighttalkcleardecisions.com. Yep. 
and you can go on there, take notes. All you have to do in order to get the financial plan, get access to it, which is a $500 value. I know it costs us in excess of $10,000 to have the programs associated and what we do with that. Yep. But you have absolutely free access to it. All you got to do is go online and enter the information and do the work. Yep. So if they go to info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com, send us your email address. Eric will send you a, a PDF out. It gives you a summary of the financial plan we take clients through. You can fill it in as a cheat sheet yep. so that when you're accessing your Money Guide Pro program, uh, you can go in there and have the inputs already laid out. That's right. Or you can call us if you're um, driving right now at 513-454-9999. And all we need, again, is your name and an email address where I can send you the link and send you the PDF form to go with it. Now we'll throw in here, you know, we like, we're, we're very, what I want to say, biased toward a model, financial planning model that incorporates all the four pillars. And when I say that, I'm talking about investment, taxes, insurances, and estate planning. Uh, and even though we don't provide all those services, personally, we don't do those. We don't perform them. We do provide them mm -hmm. through partnerships. So we would recommend you find a firm like that because it just... The awareness and the holistic approach is a much more functional piece. Yep. And I'm speaking from 40 years of experience, combined experience with Eric, that when we see that they don't work well together, it reminds me back when, you know, my high school days and then just out of that when I was schooling that, um, you know, working in construction. And the homes that I saw that were done from beginning to end by the same carpenters turn out better. Yep. It was craftsmanship. You know, and then I worked for a subcontractor and we did the best we could. Like we framed the houses. We showed up and the foundation was there mm -hmm. and we would frame the houses. And then, you know, we would do the out, outside trim, you know, maybe once the brick was done or the siding, even do some of the siding sometimes, uh, which was very different from the interior trim. So if you didn't start out and square the foundation, you know, then everything, all the other mechanics, the drywall was going to be off. Ultimately, the interior trim, things wouldn't fit right. You know, if you get a plumber or a heating and air guy in there that just hacks up your joists and stuff, I mean, it, it just messes things up. So, again, that metaphor, that analogy applied over into the financial planning world essentially looks like an end-to-end -end process like Steve Jobs did with Apple to mitigate dysfunction. So I think of, you know, look for a firm that has both fee-based or commission-based solutions. Uh, because it shouldn't be one or the other. It should be, okay, what is it that you need? Let's put whatever works. Yep. On the taxes, we have partners, uh, local and national CPAs, that do both the tax preparation and the tax planning. Preparation's mandatory. We all have to file some sort of tax return each year. The planning is optional. That's, you know, our, our um, partners will go back and look at how you filed in the past, make sure you did it correctly, and if you didn't, you know, maybe they could go in there and amend it and, and get you some money back. But if they can't, we just know going forward what we um, can kind of navigate around so we don't keep paying that same tax bill or we're not as, we, you know, we want to be as efficient as possible in our taxes. You can't not pay taxes, but you can be efficient, and that's what our partners try to accomplish. So I think of insurance, uh, risk management, uh, make sure you got the coverages you need, make sure you're paying a fair premium for it. And want to refer to that, certainly we don't do like property and casualty stuff, but make sure, you know, shop that occasionally. We do focus on long-term care. Uh, we have partners that do that, both the, uh, you know, the traditional approach and the new alternatives. 
life insurance. We're going to talk a little bit today about how that can fill some holes in estate planning and not pay it out of pocket. Uh, I think about disability Medicare planning, all important components. And last week's show was on, you know, the Medicare overview and in your financial plan. So if you miss that show, go back and catch that one because it was an important one. That's right. And the last pillar is estate planning, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So we partner with uh, local estate planning attorneys and elder law attorneys. You've, you've lived your life. You've grown your assets. You've accumulated wealth. Now the day comes when you pass away. If you have an estate plan in order, it's going to be pretty efficient, meaning your loved ones, your charities, your spouses, they're the ones who are going to inherit the majority of your wealth. If you have not done the estate planning correctly, um, that's when you start paying out these absurd probate fees and court costs and hospital bills that could be avoided by simply creating and monitoring and maintaining an estate plan through the rest of your life. And, you know, that's why we're spending an entire hour on the estate planning. Rick and I, we're not attorneys. We don't want to be attorneys for that matter. But we have we work, we partner with local ter- local estate planning attorneys so we can accomplish your goal. So if you want more detail on this, again, as, as Eric said, uh, go into our past shows at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. Should be a video segment there with David Haffey. Now, I yep. should say David Haffey is based in Beaver Creek, Ohio, which is up near Dayton. So the things he's going to discuss are going to be pertinent, and I know our show goes out beyond Ohio. So uh, we work in really the tri-state area of Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio, but different partners in different states and we have where we have clients. So just just be aware that, that the rules are different by every state and not every uh, uh, state um, reciprocates. But you can start with a basic plan, and I think David has access to a lot of people that he will recommend. I worked with somebody. I have a brother that's, that's um, let's say, indigent. No, I would say he's he lives off the system. He's figured out how to live off. Live off the grid. Yeah, he's living off the grid. There you go. And um, and I worked with uh, with a, an attorney that David referred me to down there in Florida to get my brother's things in order. He's a couple of years older than me and, um, you know, be able to to actually be able to affect things, power of attorney, durable health care, power of attorney. Everything you we're going to talk about today. All, a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. So, you know, when I think about, let's talk about the enemies to a financial plan and, and how that this may impact it. So let's think, you think, well, how in the world? I'm not even going to have to worry about this. I'm not going to be here. You know, this isn't going to affect me. Let them, to devil be with that and let them, let them, they get what they get. Well, part of the problem is, is that some of the first level of estate planning could affect you and your spouse. So if somebody becomes, what if you don't just die, you become uh, disabled and maybe you have a stroke and you can't communicate. Well, that, that function, you know, becomes the role of a durable healthcare power of attorney, which means durable means it extends beyond your incapacitation. So somebody that you, and you better trust them. (laughs) (laughs) You have a lot of confidence in them because they're going to make some decisions that are not life and death as I understand it. That's what a living will is for. Mm -hmm. Do not resuscitate. That's a totally different document. But the impact of this financially could be a make or break deal. If you can't make those decisions, and, and we have seen, unfortunately, situations where it was not established before that, the court has to go in and take um, guardianship of this individual and assign the person and hopefully the spouse. Hopefully. Uh, and, and it's costly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things can be going by the wayside, decisions that need to be made. I mean, we deal with the market every day, so we're thinking in terms of how you can execute trades. Yeah. Is it going to ride the market? 
Mm-hmm. Or if you're, you know, you're incapacitated and you have no power of attorney and all your money is locked up in your checking account with your name only, well, nobody can get into it but you. Can't pay the bills and the penalties are accruing. You may go into, you know, default and they may start sending collectors your way. Um, it can be a nightmare. It can be. So it's, it's, it's better in this case to be proactive, mm-hmm. know your enemies. So let's think about the enemies here. Certainly incapacitation is one. But let's think about just death. So you may live in a state that have all four of the enemies. It could be the federal inheritance tax. It could be a state death tax. It could be probate or it could be income taxes. Mm -hmm. Now, I know the state of Ohio, we really have eliminated those for most people. And this is the state at which you show primary residence, by the way. Correct. And I know these rules are constantly changing, so you're going to want to check this. Um, Because I know a lot of clients of ours will snowbird into other states. But if you don't live there like six months in one day, you're not considered a, a resident of that state. So I think of the last two, probate and taxes. So probate is essentially a name change. So if you think of things, they're titled in your name, your house, your car, typically not possessions, furniture, that kind of stuff. Anything that has an actual title, Mm -hmm. your boat, you know, those kind of things. Uh, What you, uh, deceased people cannot own things. So upon death, in order to affect anything with it or make changes or even a whole possession, it has to be changed from the deceased to the living. Now, that's the purpose of a will. A will will direct the court to do that. But we're going to talk today about a way to circumnavigate that and make it a lot simpler. So, correct. So, it's just a lot smoother. And because we've seen it so many times. Um, and we've seen both the good and the bad, by the way. And you'd good, be bad, surprised. That scenario. You'd be surprised of very successful people who have not created an estate plan or have not updated it. And they, at the end of the day, they they go down the wrong path for whatever reasons. So now let's take the first two. The federal inheritance tax now stands at three, five point, five point two five and ten and a half for a couple for a couple. And I thought it was going to five point three. I think it it gets um, cost of living adjusted each year. So it could say five point three. So a couple could have ten point six million exemption if it's not used by the first one. Yep. So, you know, that may cover you. You may be outside of that, and the taxes are start at 40 or 45 percent and go up from there. So one of the ways that you may consider, we're going to talk about possibly paying for that bill, if you will, from another source for pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one of the ideas we're going to talk about, and that could make your today financial plan more successful. That's right. Which is really, at the end, that's what we're looking at. Now, the second one I think about is the, does your state have a death tax. Well, we know Ohio's expired. Well, we'll give John Kasich credit for that. January 1st of 2013, they took it off the books and it'd been around since the 1800s, late 1800s. It was a big, it was a big deal. It was a big change. Yeah. And it was somewhere around 336,000, some odd figure, you know, they exempted that first portion. And then beyond that, was like 336,383 or something, mm-hmm. 833. Then it was like, then it was 4% and it could go up as high as six, six or 7%. So it was just an additional cost. And the question is, if your state has one of those, and how are you going to pay for that? How's your state going to pay for it? Yep. 
because if your assets aren't liquid, you know, or are not, they're not matured, let's say, let's say the market's down, you don't want to sell that off to pay a bill, mm -hmm. you know, otherwise it's like a fire sale. You certainly don't want to have to do that with your real estate. Correct. So uh, those are the four enemies we're going to look at and then kind of take these one by one and see what's the most effective way and how to enter that into your financial plan. Yep. And not everybody, not everybody needs a revocable living trust. You know, we're not here to say everybody, you have $1, you got $10 million, you need it. But for the majority of you, simply because of what we're going to talk about in the next two segments, it's going to make sense for the majority of you to have a revocable living trust. Yeah, and we don't, we don't handle these. We don't deal with them. They're just, you know, it's part of planning and, and if it makes sense to you. So go on to our, uh, if you got a question, again, info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. If you want to call us 24-7, 513-454-9999. Simple number to remember. And just tell us what you're looking for. Now, if you give us your email address, we will send you back a PDF with a questionnaire that you can fill out. Yep. And that and then will give you your access into the Money Guide Pro program, which is a integrated dynamic program. Once you get your investments in there, Eric, I mean, it does live feeds. We've done them on ourselves. Correct. As well as for, we do them for every client we work with. Yep. Because we're trying to figure out what's broken. If you're not doing this, you're just hoping it's going to work out. Yep. We like hope, Rick. We just don't think it's a good plan. That's right. <laughs> but when we look at the things that you know, that we can test and stress test in here. We've covered a lot of things in the puzzle, the financial planning picture puzzle. So, but we need to see this for yourself. So by you doing it's a $500 value, it's free to you. All you got to do is go in and ask for it, but you got to do the work. Yep. Because if we do the work, we're going to have to send you a bill. <clears throat> That's it. So go to, our, <clears throat> go to our website, straighttalkcleardecisions.com. Ask for any of the past um, free white papers, free research reports. They're absolutely free. All you got to do is ask for it. And the social media, too. We've forgotten and, that in the yeah, last few on, We're few on shows. Twitter, at Rick Tyrement, R-I-K-T-I-R-E-M-E-N-T. -E -E and we're also on Facebook. It's Rick Saylor Financial. So get on there, follow us, like us. We do send out sporadic information a couple times per week You know, on, on um, important topics or stuff that maybe people are hearing online or in the media. We'll try to give you our view and what's pertinent to your situation or what's pertinent to the market maybe help you. Well, stay tuned. We're going to cover estate planning and your financial plan. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your no-nonsense wealth management host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, Rick Saylor here. Have you considered the options for maximizing Social Security? Three things I can tell you about it. It cannot legally go broke. It's an all or something system. And smart planning involves strategically integrating this with the rest of your income choices. Don't make the $100,000 mistake by not planning appropriately. Consider retirement income, survivor and spousal benefits because there's 81 options for couples and only nine for singles. Options and strategies like file and suspend or claim now and claim more later. The difference between age 62 and age 70 is 57% more income for life. So be sure and ask your advisor today about Social Security planning. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your Straight Talk money host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. Well, Eric, we're going to drill down 
on the estate planning and your financial plan and how that impacts. Now, we talked about in the first segment of the show, we talked about the four enemies being federal inheritance tax, uh, a, a possible state death tax, probate costs, and taxes. So, you know, income taxes or appreciation taxes are different, mm-hmm. uh, but we're going to talk about each and every one and impossible solutions for how these may be paid for. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to pay for it from the asset itself. So when I think about that first one, okay, so should your estate be over $5.3 million, uh, you get a personal exemption presently until Congress changes their mind <laughs> on the first $10.6 million if, if a spouse dies and the other spouse gets to pick up that credit if it's not used. Now, people are, you know, they talk about gift tax, you know, well, one of the reasons why when you gift away in excess of $14,000, I think it is per individual, all it does is you have to, I shouldn't say all it does, you have to file that gift tax because what they're doing is reducing that exemption. Mm-hmm. The most likely is not income tax due on that, but it will reduce that lifetime exemption. Of what, a million dollars? Well, no, no, that's that 5.3. Okay. So if you do an excess of the 14000 then that's what it starts to reduce. So, but let's think about that. Okay, so in excess of that, the taxes can be pretty hefty, you know, starting around 40%. Yeah. So um, maybe, think about this, maybe if you could cost-effectively buy a life insurance policy that would pay at your death and pay that tax for pennies on the dollar, you can get somebody else essentially to pay it. Yep. Now, you got to be careful how you title that. Because if you're over the exemption, you most likely are going to get into more detailed planning with something called an irrevocable life insurance trust. Because you do not want to own the insurance. Otherwise, if you own it, it goes back to the estate. You're just adding to your bill to the problem. <laughs> yeah. So it, and, and there's something that gets very involved. We won't get into that today. But there's there's a certain way you can gift away premium, the 14000 a year. Your, your heirs can then pay the premium on the life insurance policy. It's going to ultimately pay the tax liability. Mm-hmm. So it could be a cheaper, more effective way. Now, also with today's kind of insurance, it can do double duty, uh, although it most likely will not do both of these well. But let's say you have a long-term care need and you're critically, chronically, or terminally ill, you could actually spend down the death benefit. So you just want to be careful that you're not you know, uh, what, what shall I say? Well, you figure if you're going to be using that, then your tax bill is going to still be there. Yep. So, again, lots of different insurance options. That's not really our focus. But, again, I always love a leverage point that's more favorable, which means it, it, the bill is due and it costs me less than what it would have out of pocket. Yep. And that's true of health care costs and everything. So the second one is really very similar to the first one. I think about if you have a state death tax, then you could buy life insurance that'll pay that bill. Yeah, it's almost the exact same as the federal. It's just now you're under the state control as well. So now you have two two uh, enemies, not just the federal, but now you have that state. And again, every state is different. Not every state has a state death tax. Some states are starting to do away with it. Like Rick mentioned in the first uh, segment, Ohio, the state of Ohio, where we live, um, did away with it on January 1st of 2013. Is that right? Yep. So we no longer have a state tax, but you still have a federal inheritance tax. 
So again, what if what if uh, your state repeals it later, and now you've got all this money into a policy? Uh, well, that's why I like multiple-use life insurance. That's right. In those instances, because you say, okay, well, it was going to serve that role. Well, now, if I need it for, if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill, I'm just going to use it over there, and I'll spend somebody else's money. Yep. I know I personally bought a policy for a million dollars. Um, and I think 50,000 will remain in there. My premiums fixed, and they can't cancel me. My break even on it's 65 years or something. I'm going to pay in enough premium at that point that I will equal that death benefit. Mm -hmm. So, and they're always coming up with new innovative policies. I know one of the newest ones we've seen um, has a zero surrender charge on it. If you change your mind, and it's also indexed, you know, you can't actually invest into the indexes themselves but there's like 12 different index choices in the policy and mm -hmm. still does all those other things so again a lot of different options there uh, that can help you solve your situation help you become or maintain this this goal of not outliving your money yep and you can input these in on the page maybe you can talk about that a little bit on the estate planning, like for example, within the estate planning program itself, Money Guide Pro that we use, we know that depending on how important somebody makes something, the program intuitively will follow that and decide whether it's going to sacrifice it or make it happen. Correct. So if leaving an estate is important to you, number one, you'll, you'll want to determine how big of an estate. Do you want to leave half a million? Do you want to leave a million? Do you want to leave a quarter of a million to each kid. So once you understand kind of what you what your goal is to leave, then you have to rate on how you have to rate it as how important it is. So if you have if you want to leave a million dollars behind, that's that's your number one goal. Well then if you if you can't live your day-to-day -day activities what you're doing, it's going to start sacrificing. So maybe it's going to tell you well instead of you retiring at 62 and leaving a million dollars, now you might have to retire at age 65 or 66 to leave a million dollars. And then it's up to you, do you want to sacrifice that? Or maybe you need to take more in re investment risk because you don't have enough money today to generate that million dollars. Uh, are you comfortable taking more risk? Or the last, but you know, the last and probably the least, um, I don't know what word am I looking for here, the, le the least you want to do is cut your standard of living. So in retirement, you don't retire to go backwards in your standard of living. You retire. I, I, well, I at least our met, clients. I haven't, I haven't met anybody yet. <laughs> at least our clients, they retire to have fun and enjoy and do things that they didn't do as much of the last couple of years. So your standard of living, you really want it to stay the same or increase. And if you want to leave a million dollars, the only way you're going to be able to do that is to reduce your standard of living. Well, if that's you got important a choice, to you, you, you got have choices. To make. That's right. Um, you know, and the earlier you do this planning the the less likely you're going to have to make a rash decision in retirement or right upon retirement because you can start planning today to make sure everything's in order down the road. So for you boaters out there, and now I'm, now I'm a boater with a lake house. So, you know, as I see that obstacle out there, farther, the farther out that I start to adjust for that, to navigate around it, the less impact it has on my how far I have to turn the wheel mm -hmm. and the rudder. The closer I get to that, the more radical, the sharper the turn. Well, it's no different. And this, in the world we're talking about, it's just going to cost you more. Mm -hmm. Could cost you a lot. Could be a deal breaker. 
You know, so if you don't want somebody out marking your grave after you're gone, <laughs> do the do the planning now. Your heirs and your loved ones. But, I, you know, all kidding aside here, I think about this. You think, well, hey, it doesn't impact me. Well, what if you became disabled and your spouse does not or you die and, and, your, and your spouse has a stroke or something and they're disabled and they can't make those financial decisions and you haven't set that up properly? Or I think about. What, where is your, where you're in a second marriage situation, which 50% of the country is, and you have not made appropriations for your new spouse, Hmm. right? To remain in a house that you're giving to your kids. Now I'm going to tell you what, I'd like to say that all these kids were raised right and wouldn't do that. I had, I heard a horror story and it's been years ago where the kids actually their own mother, their own mother, they required their mother to sell her house to pay them their inheritance. Now, some kids, you know, <laughs> I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> that might be nice. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm going to dig, I'm going to dig a hole here. Gotcha. So, you know what I'm saying, though? I mean, if you plan this and you set it in, in your proactive in your process, you, you know, really, it's up to you. That's right. You're 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 the one taking the power. You're not forcing somebody else to make a decision. You've already made that decision. The will states it. Now you just start distributing the assets. But if you haven't done that planning, that's when things can get a little tricky and a little hairy. You know, if you haven't done it, now you've got people who think they're entitled to certain assets and who aren't, and that's when it. Um, it's well, not, and it's I have noticed fun. a trend that every generation is getting farther away from history, and should I say the prices that were paid for that. So if you're a veteran, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. I think about that every day. Um, that we are, freedom is not free. But, you know, we have a, a, a generation, unfortunately, every generation that seems to get worse where there's an entitlement mentality that those that fought and bled and worked and died and whatever, you know, to create this wealth, the next generation just takes it for granted like well i'm entitled to it so we're going to talk about some of the things here uh through the next two segments so the remainder of this one into the next one you know about losing control versus keeping control so just as an overview the first one we're going to talk about we're going to talk about losing control with a will and then losing control by doing nothing losing control with joint ownership losing control by giving away assets losing control with beneficiary designations, and then finally, keeping control. So again, not recommendations of what we're telling you to do, just we're just going to talk about kind of from a general overview how that you can maintain control versus losing control. And I think the big thing to start off with is losing control with a will. Contrary to what many of you probably have heard, a will may not be the best plan for you and your family. And that's primarily because a will guess what? It does not avoid probate. A will will tell the court how to distribute your assets. Exactly. So think of a will as the instructions to the court to tell them what to do and to change the, how to change the titles on things and and where to distribute. Yeah. If you just have a will, you're guaranteeing your estate's going through probate and the courts do not do that for free. The court will not distribute your assets for free. They charge you. And that's the big piece. And generally speaking, it's about 10%. Of your yeah now I guess eight to twelve I, I don't know we hear this from the estate planning attorneys but you know everything that when you die goes on to the state of Ohio goes on to something called an inventory list 
And on that inventory list, they want to pull and just think of it like this. I, I struggled with this for years because I had worked with attorneys early on and say, ah, oh, you know, if you want a will, we'll do a will. If you want a trust, if you go through probate, we're not going to charge you that much. Well, I'm going to tell you back then, I think the attorney, the probate attorney was charging about one to two and a half percent of total assets. So it is in their best interest, their self-interest to get as many assets on the inventory list. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I can tell you is if you don't own the asset at death, there's nothing to probate. And we'll talk about that later. But that's the key, because what you're doing is a change of title. And it could be one of the most expensive, you know, title change. And it must be paid for all the assets. Now, again, I've even seen this at a first death where and I will never again. I said I would never again do this because this this client seemed to be competent in this area. And so when he assured me he had taken care of this, I took him at his word. I regret that. And I said, I will never do that again. Mm-hmm. Because what happened was he died and there was a title, things that were titled in his name and got probated at the first death. And his wife had to deal with that mm-hmm. and pay the expense. And the question is, how are you going to pay for that out of the estate? Where's it going to come from? What if your assets aren't liquid? What if it's not a good time to sell? And you got to liquidate to pay that bill. The bill's going to be due. So I think that's a good point. So, you know, having a type of will, maybe a better way if you, if you use a different instrument is to have what they call a pour over will, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But understand if you have, a, if you don't have a will, your state has one for you. It's called intestate laws and almost guaranteed. I know Ohio works like this. Half the assets will be divided between your then spouse and your kids. And that was the situation I quoted in that story where the kids required the mother to sell the house to give them their part. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think about when you have a will, you know you're going through probate. Yep. So if you want to avoid that and the expense and cost and delay, should say that, could be six months. If it gets contested, uh, there's no telling. Yeah, and think about it. I mean, these are the things we like to bring to your attention. If if you if all your assets pass through probate, so that's your checking account, that's your your credit cards, your inv- everything, and it's in your name only, and it takes nine months to close your estate. That nine months, you could not get a single penny out of their account. So either you, as the executor, you as the kid or the spouse, you the have ma- to pay the for it. Ticking. The you either have ticking. to pay for it out of your own pocket, or you have to wait till it closes, and you're gonna rack up fees and interest and all kinds of things. So. It's well, we, we, we had a situation where we saw somebody whose IR, all their assets were in IRAs, and the IRAs would transfer, roll over to the spouse. However, there was a delay, and for whatever reason, the funeral home, the funeral, the, the, the uh, what do I want to say, the burial ground itself would not accept to wait. And I don't know what they were going to do with this guy's body if they didn't get paid, mm-hmm. but it caused a lot of problems. Yeah, so it's... Avoid that. Avoid that. It's unnecessary, and it's just doesn't it's just unnecessary. And I think the biggest thing that you'll touch on right here, Rick, is um, the privacy. There's very little privacy. Well, it's required. Probate. It's a requirement by law that when an estate goes through probate and things are titled in a deceased person's name, that it must be posted into the paper because creditors can come and make claims against it. It's just a requirement. So I think of locally here in Cincinnati, there was a gal named Marge Schott, was a former owner of the Cincinnati Reds. Marge was very philanthropic. She was a very um, 
you know, loving, giving person in that regard. Now, she also had a lot of things going against her uh, as far as kind of being an old school gal and being German and uh, being the original Dutchman in terms of not wanting to, you know, pinch pennies. And I've heard lots of stories I won't tell, but this one I will. She did not have a, a, a tool or, or mechanism to bypass probate. To this day, you can go online and see what her estate was worth. Mm-hmm. And I know she paid her probate attorney in excess of $7 million, almost $8 million. He did go through hell with her. She's just kind of a difficult person to, to work with, according to this. And I heard it secondhand. Mm-hmm. But uh, this person uh, knew the attorney that processed that estate. Well, and I've heard attorneys say to other attorneys, hey, if you're avoiding probate, you know, you're cutting out your own retirement. That's your retirement plan. So they're looking for that big nut to crack. And it, unfortunately, it's probably yours. Yeah. Right. So um, that's just one thing to, to, you know, to focus on, you know, if you, if you want to avoid that. Now, I think of quickly, if you become disabled, you know, we talked about this, so we won't spend a lot of time on this component, but wills and incapacity. So you need a durable health care power of attorney, but you also need a durable financial power of attorney. Those are two different things. One directs the health care that's not life and death. The other one directs the finances so decisions can be made yep. that are inevitably, you know, inevitable and need to be made. So, again, uh, you don't want to put things in a lockbox, you know, uh, down at the post office because as soon as they hit the paper, those are locked up, and you may not have access to them. Yep. Or if you have a lockbox, make sure it's a joint life, a joint lockbox with somebody else that you know possibly isn't going to pass away when you do, so they can get into it. So we're going to continue on this topic in the final segment and cover a couple more items that are important to your financial plan regarding estate planning and costs. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions Radio Show with your Straight Talk Money host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, what about estate planning? An up-to-date will guarantees you're going to go through probate and without, well, don't worry about it, the government will decide for you. The three enemies to an estate today are number one, the federal inheritance tax, two, probate, and number three, income tax. So your choices here are you can give all your money away. That might not be any fun. You may need it. Or you can create a trust to hold those assets. And remember, you don't have to own the assets to enjoy the benefits. So a revocable living trust can help avoid the expenses and costly delays of probate, and along with a living will, power of attorney, durable health care power of attorney. So be sure and ask about our attorney partners today for a free consultation. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions Radio Show with your no-nonsense wealth management host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. Well, Eric, we're on this topic and, you know, winding down the summer with the financial puzzle, financial planning puzzle, and filling all the pieces in. So if the folks have missed, you know, past shows, go back and, uh, and fill those in and do your financial plans because we want to see you come out successful. And we we'd also, love to be part of the solution. And we'd also like to hear any success stories you had, whether it was by creating the plan or whether it was by you tweaking a piece inside because of one of our shows, because of what we mentioned. Yeah, so. we'd love to have you call in and share that on the show and say, hey, you know what you guys told me actually happened? You gave me free access to a $11,000 program. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, a $500 value. I mean, geez, we charged with the time we got in. So we don't have to charge you that if you're doing the inputs. Yep. And all you have to do to get access is just request, send your email, info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com, send it to us. We'll send you a PDF of the the planning sheet you need to fill in to, for your use, for you to go in and do the inputs. It's an integrated dynamic program. So when you get to the investment port, it will uh, pull those feeds live mm -hmm. from where they are and give you updates based on what's happening in the market. So you can see how regularly you want to see it if you're on track or not. Call 513-454-9999, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Give us your information. If you got questions, send it to either one of those sources. Yep. Or visit us on social media uh, on Twitter at Rick Tireman, R-I-K-T-I-R-E-M-E-N-T, -E -E or on Facebook at Rick Saylor Financial. So, Eric, we're, we're heading down. We've talked about losing control with a will, you know, losing control by really doing nothing. If you do nothing, the, the court has got a will for you. It's called the intestate laws, and every state in the union has one. Mm -hmm. And I, I can almost sit here and 100% say, guaranteed, you are not going to like it. It's not going to be a plan that you will have chosen. No. Um, you know, how about a couple other ones here? Joint ownership, giving away assets, and beneficiary designations. So I think about what happens when you've got joint assets and you die. Maybe half of it, what they call tenants in common, common. Uh, can be a situation where that half of the estate is probated. Yeah, and that'll depend on your state if you have common law and each, each state's a little different. But tenants in common doesn't necessarily mean it's all going to avoid probate. So I'll read this right out of the guide. You know, it doesn't avoid probate. It usually just postpones it. So that means it's going to go from one spouse to another if it goes cleanly, uh, if it's joint tenancy with rights of survivorship. So it just takes the other one off. But that's what it means by just pro postponing the problem. It doesn't because at the second death and you're back in probate again. That's right. Because think about it. Let's say, you know, which I know our attorneys say usually that when, the, when it goes to the surviving spouse, they typically don't add another joint owner. One of the reasons why, let's say they have a kid that they can put as a joint ownership because they're not traveling with them as often. Well, now, once they name that, that kid or whoever it is on as a joint owner, now, if something were to happen to that kid, let's say that kid got sued or he got in a wreck, now their assets are part of it because his name is tied to that money. So it's, you know, there's the good and bad with joint ownership, and if you want to take the riskier side, joint, joint ownership could possibly work for you. But again, you're running into that what if, if you don't, if you're not on top of it, where it's the trust. Can. I will say this, be careful. You know, a lot of people are trying to avoid these problems by doing joint tenancy with rights of survivorship with their kids or grandkids. Yep. Um, big problem. What, just take for example, let's play devil's advocate for a moment. Your kids, when, when something today they have ownership in and it's titled to them, let's say they go through a divorce and it's subject to that divorce or some court proceeding of some kind. Well, then let's say if you got, you know, three kids and they're on there with you, well, their part could become subject and then for your assets at risk. Yep. You may have to sell your house or something just to satisfy that court judgment. So that's a, you know, you've got the, the death angle, you know, that you're trying to deal with, but actually the living problems, uh, you know, are, are attacking you today. And again, could make your financial plan fail mm -hmm. if you have to go look and now you've got to be a renter or something else. And what if it's not a good time to sell? Um, 
you know, how about you say, well, hey, I'll just give away the assets. Well, st I'm still reminded of the lady who said to me, well, if I give those assets to them and I need that, they have to give them back, right? No. <laughs> it's now, gone. that's that defies the definition of giving. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just one of those things that don't give away anything you I'd say don't even lend anything you ever hope to get back. Yep. There's a biblical principle because <laughs> you may not. Mm -hmm. You're going to be disappointed if you don't get it back. That's right. In this case, you give away the asset, it's gone. You've transferred title, it's gone. It's not your asset anymore. Mm -hmm. There's no strings attached to this. And you give it away after you're gone, you know, or try, you know, transfers under another means. Different story. The other, the other negative to giving assets away while you're living is there could be potential uh, tax bills associated. If you have to sell off assets to give them cash or to gift them cash, well, now taxes are going to be due you're going to be the one responsible for the taxes, not the beneficiary of it. Um, so taxes are important because if you keep it in your name and you give it on after you pass away, well, depending on what investment it is, you get a stepped-up basis. So that tax bill might not even be there. So taxes, when you gift assets, taxes should be something to think of. So let's think about this one, losing control with beneficiary transfers. Now, what circumstances would this occur on? Well, anywhere you have beneficiary designations to transfer assets are becoming more and more common. You know, many assets like life insurance, IRAs, retirement plans, some bank accounts, what they call pay on death, transfer on death is on, a, on real estate or titles. When you die, these assets are paid directly to the person you named without probate. At least that's the way it's supposed to work. Now, here's some situations where you, you're going to have a monkey wrench in this. What if your beneficiary dies before you or you die both at the same time? problem mm -hmm. that's right what if you list my estate as the beneficiary the asset will have to go through probate so it can be distributed with the rest of your assets inefficient yep what if your what if your beneficiary is incapacitated when you die and they didn't do their planning to designate and have somebody controlling the court will probably take control of the funds through conservatorship or guardianship and i saw that happen with a client yep that's because the institution paying the proceeds, you know, an insurance company, for example, without will not knowingly pay an incompetent person and will probably insist on court supervision. Mm -hmm. Or if you list a minor child or a grandchild as a beneficiary, you could be setting up a court guardianship for that child if they're under the age. Again, and the very thing you're trying in most cases, you say, hey, I know what I want. I want the most efficient way. So my assets go to the ones I love, not the ones who love my money. Right. So this is a situation you're just inviting them back into the process. And I've never seen, you know, a good situation with two attorneys that are disagreeing and you get people fighting. And, you know, this is a good recipe for disaster. Um, how about if your estate is larger and you could be limiting your tax planning options? Mm -hmm. You know, this could cause serious tax consequences later on with your family. And again, we talked about that in the first part of the the first segment of the show of how that you might be able to utilize leverage life insurance pennies on the dollar to pay those bills mm -hmm. and you, where you can't maybe circumnavigate it altogether by moving it out. Well, Rick, there is a, uh, there is an option. There is a solution to all of these losing control, isn't there? And not a, not a cure all, not an end all, but you know, having a revocable living trust, revocable meaning it can be changed. 
Now, the general thought is this. Let's say you die, and the things that typically, your real estate, your cars, maybe your boats, whatever, possessions that have title, are titled into a trust. It's a non-living entity that will live beyond your death and distribute according to how you set the rules. You can pull the strings from your grave. So for all intents and purposes, if this is done correctly, Eric, I've, we've seen this, that estates completely avoid probate. It remains private. There's no need for public, um, you know, what I want to say, notification, because there were no assets in your name at the time of your death. This is better than giving it away. I get to use it during my entire life. Then upon my death, it's not in my name. Mm -hmm. So the trust passes on. So now the will we mentioned before is better restructured as what they call a pour over will. And the simple version is this, as I understand it, the pour over will takes all the assets that do not have title, furniture, rings, jewelry, stuff, and pours it into the trust so that that's not probated and doesn't end up on the inventory list. It pours all the other assets over. So, I like that approach because this is the first one in our example. Now you keep control. Mm -hmm. You keep control. You avoid probate. It stays in your control, your domain. You can even if it's done right, there's something called a, a qualified trust provision where IRA assets, IRAs, 401ks, deferred comp, pension rollovers, whatever, can be put into the trust and do a stretch multi-generational kind of payout so that the heirs don't get hit with a big tax bill. Yep. Just makes a lot of sense. So now again, this isn't impacting you. It's gonna impact how that you know, the legacy you leave. Yeah, think about it. If you wanted to leave a half a million dollars behind and you had half a million in an IRA when you didn't do any planning, well that IRA could possibly go through probate if you haven't done it correctly. So you lose five percent then you pay taxes you're not leaving them half a million you're leaving them so i want to toss out an idea i know we're running out of time again as always but think of this what if you don't want to leave a million dollars and you buy a million dollar life insurance policy and so therefore you can spend down your assets any way shape or form that you need it and pay out the life insurance at the end tax-free pennies on a dollar yep yeah and that is tax-free if it's set up properly so you know the key thing is you maintain control for the first time in our equation in our process. So the five documents could be a living will, revocable living will, remember, because irrevocable means you don't have control. You have to name a different trustee. Irrevocable living trust. Living trust, thank you. So you have a revocable living trust. You have a pour over will, a durable power of attorney for finances, durable health care power for, for health care, and then a living will that says, don't hook me up, don't resuscitate. Don't do things that are just going to drain my estate. So, I mean, you can control with all those documents, uh, have a much cleaner process. And in most cases, I would say, Eric, we see the needle move north when these things have been done and done competently by a professional that knows how to work these and, and can help you, you know, develop a plan and implement a plan mm-hmm. and live with it and monitor it just like we do the financial assets. Well, hey, this has been another good program. Thanks for joining us. Uh, again, go on, sign up for our free e-newsletter. You'll get our view. We tweet at retirement, yep. R-I-K-T-I-R-E-M-E-N-T. Uh, also, we're on social media, Facebook and LinkedIn. Go over there and, uh, and friend us. 
communicate with us, got a question, info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com or call us 24-7 at 513-454-9999. And remember, if you want and you haven't received access to the financial plan, shoot us an email or give us a call and all we need is your name and your email address and we can get this information right out to you. Well, thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your holistic wealth management host, Rick Saylor and Eric Hamburg.